Skunk it. Comfy? Yeah. Comfy cozy? Comfy cozy. It is nice and cozy. There's so many. This is the first time we've ever done two movies in one, isn't it? Yeah. Like straight up, we're just we're just condensing them. Yeah, I think so. Into yeah, we I do. Can... We sometimes do a little film as well, an extra, yeah. but like it's never. We've never double build it. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're we're watching and reviewing the Notebook, and then at the end, we're like, oh, did you see the Avengers? Hmm. But like, this is the first time where it's like, it's two movies. And before we went into it, you were like, well, what's the theme? Like, what 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 ties these two films together? And I was like, well, it's that they both look shit, presumably, <laughs> but. I feel like watching them now, it's kind of insane, like, how much, like, ties them both together, almost. Yeah. Like, just in terms of, they're both, you know, they both very heavily feature CGI characters. They have both apparently had, well, the th- I guess to say troubled productions is a stretch, because with Sonic, it's just that they made a, they made a poor judgment yeah. call. A very poor judgment call. Sure, everybody knows by now. I'm sure everybody saw the trailer when it first came out because it was bloody. It was all over the place. Yeah. Memes galore, Daniel. Um, where the 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 original design for the live action Sonic was insane, <laughs> awful. Ha- when we finish watching this movie, there's a little. We fun finish watching sequence. Sonic, fun little sequence where it's like. You know uh, the the original like two D Sonic and he's running around in like he's retelling the film. Yeah, two D Sonic video. Game. They're redoing the film in sort of pixel art, and I leaned over at you and I was like, "What would they like? Were they going to keep this in if it had looked the way if the if the live action Sonic had looked the way he was meant to look? Like, would this still look the same, or would they have? Because sure, like it's fucking crazy to me that that's the design. Yeah, they went with. like. When you watch the film as it is, you're like, mm. why would you do anything, anything other than this, of this design? <laughs> like, like the Sonic that looks like Sonic. <laughs> it's adorable. You can get loads of merch out of it. Like, why Why did you yeah. really think it needed redesigning? It needed redesigning into this weird sort of goblin rat. <laughs> it's that was awful. Awesome. I rewatched the trailer this morning in anticipation of seeing Sonic, the original trailer. Because I was like, maybe it's not as bad as, oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, absolutely, it's bad. Oh, as it's I real bad. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, to say that it had a troubled production, I guess, is is maybe a, a stretch too far. I mean, I'm sure that the animators had to work fucking double time oh. after that trailer came out to change it back. But like, it's my understanding that Doolittle had quite a lot of problems. You can tell. You can you tell. Can definitely tell. I also just noticed that it's like they're they're two films that are kind of just about going on a road trip with CGI characters. Yeah. Um, it's it's the other one that kind of jumped out to me was um that that whole brand recognition thing of clearly these are two films that have been made not because someone had a good idea for them but because Doctor Doolittle and Sonic are things people know (laughs) and they thought let's pump a whole bunch of fucking money into it that link is kind of a bit looser with Doctor Doolittle well it's I also think that 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 is almost starting to die a death a little bit. Because if you look recently, like Cats, they pumped a whole lot of money into Cats. Hundred, hundred million. 
That sounds like I said one two one hundred. Like it's one hundred million into cats, and it made I think it was twenty three million dollars back. I don't know if that's domestic or worldwide. If it's worldwide, eleven of those pounds are my pounds. <laughs> I imagine that's opening weekend. That's surely not the whole run. Yeah. No, 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 that's the whole run. The whole run. Yeah, but I don't know if that... I think that must be domestic to America. There's no fucking way it only made 23 million worldwide. Because I know just from my screening alone that I went to, it was unnaturally busy (laughs) for the movie. 23 million in your screening. But my thing was like, okay, so that's fucking died on its arse. And then just like this week, you had the whole thing with the Birds of Prey movie. Yeah. Where it was called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Har- the One Harley Quinn, which made no money. Yeah. And so Damage Control, they've changed it to Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. It's, well, yeah, it, sh- it should have it should have been called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. That would have been... It's a nicer title. It's more Harley Quinn focused anyway. Yeah. Like the film is basically a Harley Quinn film till the end where they go, oh, and here's the Birds of Prey, by the way. Yeah. And do we know if Doolittle's making money? I don't actually do know. Do some that. research, find out if Doolittle's making some money. Oh, well, you I, can't because you're can't. recording on your phone, but I can. But my, my thing is, is like, and I'm sure there's other examples that I can't think of off the top of my head, but it, it, it almost feels like this is the start of that whole thing of brand recognition guaranteeing you money. Yeah. Yeah. Like starting to die out a little bit. Some of these are a bit tedious. Like Birds of Prey on its own is not a big enough brand to make money. Yeah. So it's mental that they didn't just call it Harley Quinn um, because that's a name everyone knows. Why do you think it's making no money? Birds of Prey? Yeah. It is weird because we are like without... What is like the... If you're like an adult and you're wanting to go to the cinema with your friends, you'd think Birds of Prey is the film right now to go see. Yeah. Like if you're looking for a fun time. So I don't know. I guess maybe it's because no. I mean, I saw this film because I was just interested. Do little? No, um, Birds of Prey. Uh, which which film are we talking about not making money? Did, did go? I didn't know you saw Birds of Prey. Yeah, I saw it uh, just last night. Oh, right. Okay. Um, well, we... Ah, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, there we go. You blew my mind. <laughs> I thought you were talking about why it made no money. Yeah. Did yeah, talk- yeah. I yeah. want to know, like, why Birds of Prey is making no money. I saw it in interest, but, like, outside of, like, just curiosity, because it's a sequel to Suicide Squad, and Su- Suicide Squad was terrible yeah. and awful and terrible film, I would not have seen this film, because it just looked... The trailer was just underwhelming. No I, really- think it, yeah. I think it's because they, they put the age rating too high. Yeah, because I guess it's a fifteen here and it's an R in America. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, the the core audience for this film is teenage girls, age like thirteen to seventeen. Yeah, that's your target demographic, and you're kind of like excluding them for the most yeah, part, that's you all mean. for the sake of you. McGregor says fuck a couple of times, and the guy from Lost gets his face cut off. <laughs> like that's it, and it's yeah. like I feel like you're sacrificing a lot of earn box office potential by making it an R did when you, it doesn't need to be. Did they think it would make Joker money? Because Joker is a whole different entity on its own. Yeah, well, Joker had all the fucking bullshit controversy around mm. it. and Yeah, this film is That I think very probably dragged in a Joker. lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, I think, I that's my biggest kind of, that's my whole. I'd say it'd be a is, mixture between nobody caring about the brand Birds of Prey yeah. 
and um, the age rating. That does make sense now you've said that because yeah. I didn't even notice it was a higher rating because I'm an adult. I don't need to. Worry. Yeah, we don't need to worry about. I that don't need to worry about the rating. I can see it all. Yeah, remember we went to see a, P, a, a PG, two PGs today. Were they two PGs? I imagine so. Two PGs. What was the last time you saw a PG? Well, today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not one hour ago. So this is from uh, Forbes magazine. Familiar. Uh, dated uh, January twenty second. So it's a little bit, little bit of a dated article. Um, the Robert Downey Jr. led comedic fantasy has now earned thirty point three million in five days of domestic release. Uh, yes, it's a miss for Universal, especially with that. 175 million budget. Crikey. Fuck me. You guys, stop pumping money into garbage. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird because like, I feel like the brand of Dr. Doolittle is not big enough to have justified yeah, that budget. Because I, I had no idea that Dr. Doolittle was anything other than an Eddie Murphy comedy. Yeah. Well, I, I'm vaguely familiar with, I think it was Marlon Brando had a film about it. Okay. I think, okay. I think infamously, if I recall... Yeah, The Godfather. Huh? That was like a side plot of The Godfather. Was the, the he was talking that cat. He was to talking to that cat. Yeah. And he asked that horse very, very nicely for his head. It's like a scene where like someone goes in to ask him a favor, and just very quietly before this, this like he walks into the room, you can just hear Mother Brando quietly going, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> that would be a very strange movie. I feel like Marlon Brando would be on with it though. The Godfather subplot you didn't know about. <laughs> Um, I'm pre- if I remember right, his film of Doctor Doolittle infamously failed. If I remember right, it was like a musical that came towards the end of the musicals. Mm-hmm. I could be misremember that entirely. So that's not really got that much of a bigger recognition. There's the book, but the book's on par with like Jules Verne and H.G. Right. Wells. We all know those books. Yeah. Few of us have actually read yeah. them. So Fuck knows no, what they're about. No, because I feel like because Eddie Murphy's one was obviously set in the modern day. Whereas this one's like, no, we're going back to the source material. And you can't imagine there's many Dr. Doolittle fans going, finally, somebody's <laughs> going back to the source material. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Some shit's going on out there. That made us both like, <laughs> that startled us both. Um, it was funny, uh, just to fucking throw my girlfriend under the bus, we went to see uh, <laughs> we went to see the, the David Copperfield movie. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> we came out of it. <laughs> we came out of the movie. And she was like, Oh, just it got to about it got to about half an hour in, and I was like, I don't know what this has got to do with magic. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was weird. I was like, to be fair, I was like, I didn't know much about the book. No, I don't. Know but I knew book. that that David Copperfield, the magician, was a separate entity <laughs> from the Charles Dickens yeah. classic. Oh, um, that's such a wholesome thing. It was very sweet. Um, a you know. very wholesome Katie. <laughs> if you inevitably listen yeah. to your podcast, the boyfriend's podcast. Um, I forgot where we were before the the ambulance threw me off. Uh, it was it was um, the fact that they pumped so much money into yes. this, and it's based on a brand that, unless you're thinking of the, I think the Eddie Murphy films are the biggest thing to have like come from the brand of Doctor Doolittle mm. of late, mm-hmm. of that like, people that will actually have actually consumed the mm. target audience for this film are most familiar with Doctor Doolittle being Eddie Murphy so it feels weird to have taken that big risk on an adventure film yeah um, like that because the weird thing we're, we're getting into this and we've not introduced 
Do you want to introduce quickly and we can just carry on? Because <laughs> I feel like we're talking about two movies. This is going to be a very just free-flowing <laughs> fucking chat. Like, it'll, be, it'll be nice. Well, yeah. I, well, every, everybody who's listening, all simultaneous, go put your kettle on. Make yourself a nice cup of tea. Hot water ball. Put, you, even if you don't have sugar in your tea, usually put a teaspoon in there. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a treat tonight. It's a treat's on me. <laughs> What's up, people of the people? Tim, welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and Dr. Do... A lot for this podcast himself. Thanks, man. I Scott do. Morrison. I do do a lot for this podcast. Meow, 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 meow. Because the weird thing I, th- I find with Sonic in that kind of same regard is like, with this movie, it's like, okay, we're going to take the, the Sonic character in kind of name and the fact that he runs fast. And then we're going to remove him completely from the world of the video game that he resides in. And we're just going to do... Uh, oh, it's an alien comes to Earth and he gets into shenanigans and a human has to help him out. And it's so far removed from, like, what the game is that, again, it's like, this is so just made on brand recognition. This could be about any fucking alien. And it's like... But then Pokemon subtly did that as well. The Detective Pikachu is really bizarre because the core mechanic of Pokemon is Pokemon fighting Pokemon. Yeah. And that is not... Uh, is specifically not a part because I think they even specifically say that Pokemon battles are banned mm-hmm. in that specific city that they go to in Detective Pikachu. So is there is a an element of that in Detective Pikachu? Oh, I mean, it's fucking weird that of all the places to start with a live action Pokemon film, they decide to start with Detective Pikachu. Yeah, but like Detective Pikachu is in itself a game. Yeah. So like, but that's not they still have that to build off of. But like, I just find. Not that I'm like, not that I'm saying it's like necessarily bad. I just find it very bizarre that it's like we're just gonna take the Sonic character and just plunk him in our world, and like it's just gonna be another generic like alien comes to our planet and we gotta help him out. It could be about anyone, but it's about Sonic because people know Sonic. You know what I mean? I'm always very forgiven of those storylines because there's a lot less mythology to learn. Yeah. If we stayed in Sonic's land, it'd be like, all right, okay, so. Even at the beginning, there's like a a, a, sl- a sort of taste of mythology. Yeah. Sonic has some sort of maternal figure, and you're like, oh, do I have to le- do I have to learn things right yeah. now? Learning the name of his village or something, and then he has to travel to 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 Mordor or something. And I, have, <laughs> I have to learn what Mordor is. Look, just because you found Lord of the Rings a little bit complicated, <laughs> I don't find it complicated. I find it tedious to learn oh, mythology. You're, you're fucking nutman. Um. But yeah, that was kind of all I was getting at was that I, I found when we were getting towards the end of Sonic, I was like, I feel like there's more connections between these two movies. Like, it felt like there was yeah. a theme between the two of them. Um, what what did you think of, like, both right off the bat? Like, what's your kind of initial thoughts on Doolittle and Sonic? Doolittle is definitely the film that, like... It's the committee film. Yeah. I think at the very core of Doolittle, there is a passion project that really wanted to get made. Mm. And I think there's some elements of this film where I was like, I reckon in the f- there was a, a fantastic first draft of this Have film. you heard about Robert Downey Jr.? Where mm. apparently he rolled in and like fucking slammed the script down on the table and was like, I've got some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've not actually heard the specifics about that. Yeah. I've not heard a lot about this. No, I, all I know is that kind of scenario where apparently he came in like pretty gun ho about it. 
Well, um, like was the dragon bagpipe the infamous dragon bagpipe <laughs> situation? Was that was that a Downey Junior idea? We'll have to get to that. We'll have mm. to explain that. Oh, spoilers, I guess, for both these right, films. Fucking Dawn gives it. I would imagine ninety. If anyone listens to this, it, they've not seen them because they don't care. Um. So uh, yeah, I think at the very core of Doolittle, there is like a passion project that was supposed to, like that someone was like. I really like the Doctor Doolittle book and I'd love to make a film of that that really expressed the adventure of the book. And I think there's a really cool way to do it. And I reckon there's a... That is there. Yeah. But then so much has changed. Um, I don't know if you felt this. I felt there was a lot of dubbed lines in Doolittle. Oh, yeah. I was like... Um, one that really stood out to me that I found so fucking surreal is when the dog is sniffing the queen to find out what's wrong with her. Film. And then he's like, "Oh, it, it smells worse than butts." And you know how much I love sniffed butts. And then there's like a pretty dubbed sounding line of Robert Downey Jr. going, "Yeah, you do love butts." And I was like, what "I are, noticed what that the as fuck well." Is yeah, this? <laughs> there's a lot of like, there's people speaking when their mouth's not facing the camera. Yeah, there's a lot of lines that feel a little. No, they don't feel like the like Robert Downey Jr. is actually saying that in his authentic Welsh yeah. accent. Uh, like it's been dubbed in a shooting. So I think that this film, maybe even there, maybe even a, a release the Snyder cut of this, where the original one was made, and it was like probably not great, fine, yeah. And then they've butchered this. They've well, have you torn it apart. have you heard? And I I don't know necessarily how true this is. This is it's from Reddit. Cool. But there was a kind of thing posted when I think the trailer first came out. And it was a comment thread of this guy who claimed to have worked on Doolittle. Right. And was talking about the various problems that had arisen, mostly due to the director. Okay. So I have some of said comments. Go on, I'm ready. Break so I think his name me. is... The director's name is Gaghan? Right. Gagan? Gaghan? Stephen Gagan? We're going to go with... We're going to go with Stevie G. <laughs> Stevie G? So... What's Stevie G saying? So someone wrote, uh, no wonder they had to bring in the Lego Batman director to rewrite it and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles director to helm reshoots. To which this person replied, "Uh, we were long gone before another writer came on board thanks to Stevie G's apparent hatred of all things pre-production. So I can't attest to the state of things now, but man, if it's even remotely watchable, then the new guys deserve some fucking medals. So someone put, yikes, you worked on this movie? And he said, we attempted to talk and show the director some cinematic sense, but he was literally insane. Almost put a fist through a new 8K TV because the talking goose wasn't on screen while it was talking in one shot, even though a week before he'd asked us to move the goose out of shot because the audience doesn't need us to hold their hand and point them at every character that's currently talking, which might explain some of the dubbed over lines. Um, But here's the kicker. We had footage of him the week before asking to remove the goose from the screen. It was Stevie G's idea to record every meeting so that we couldn't misinterpret his instructions. Um, He says, mate, you wouldn't believe half the shit that went on during the film's pre-production. Tidbit that I doubt anyone will truly believe. Stevie G's dog is one of the most incredibly regal looking motherfuckers I've ever seen. Which is a shame because it's a stone cold racist. (laughs) And without a doubt will track down every human in the building with even the slightest drop of ethnic ancestry and bark. Uh, I mean, and I mean fucking bark. Like how a scrapyard Doberman guard might bark at a squirrel. With fucking death and violence at its very core. Every single non-pure white studio worker. <laughs> it was like the end of days whenever that beautiful dog came to visit deep with uh, came to visit set with Steven. 
they started filming scenes before they had even planned where the animated animals would be standing. It was nuts. And then the batshit director went and got fired, which was too little too late after his insane outburst and subsequent banning from stepping foot in both the lead concept department and lead pre-visual animation department. Then he demanded that the pre-visual department be fired because we can't, we can figure it out on the day. Yes, Stephen, you can figure out where five plus animated characters and Robert Downey Jr. are standing when you have 30 individual camera shots to film on a Monday morning, you fucking moron. So that's that comment thread. So I, again, no fucking, I can't attest to if that's real or not. Um, Makes sense. It does. Because something that I thought stood out to me was the racist dog. Was de- obviously the racist dog, voiced by Tom Holland, National Treasure Tom Holland, <laughs> National Treasure, and National Treasure, and major racist. racist. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we haven't seen the Spider-Man the black suit yet. Oh, we have. It was yeah. He did. They did that in the last movie, didn't they? Yeah, but he said that's it. I'm not doing no, no more. No more. <laughs> um, the something that I felt stood out to me was there were a lot of shots where the animals felt like too off to one side. Okay. Or like. Like, the camera wasn't sort of centred on them when they were the only thing in the shot. One that stuck out to me is there's a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is, like, hiding under a table. And he's saying something to the girl. And then the duck walks in off screen. And the duck is kind of mimicking his hand gestures. But it's very far off screen to the point where I was like... It feels like the duck's meant to be more in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's a scene where it's it's just kind of like a straight shot of the talking racist Tom Holland dog. And it's like, it's like the way he's framed is like too off center, even though he's the only thing in the shot and he's the subject of the shot. And maybe that was just because those comments were in my head. Yeah. And I was thinking too hard about it. But I felt like it stood out to me a little bit. Okay. That specifically didn't stand out yeah. to me. Um, but that's not to say that that was... I, I felt there was... um. I, I the dubbing lines in felt really mm. I, I to be honest I was thinking there was probably a cut shown to a test audience and it sounds like the card came back not funny enough yeah because there's a lot of weirdly dubbed jokes there's a in lot here. of genuinely terrible jokes in this probably. oh yeah Eric I I don't think I laughed once no apart from when I laughed at the farts line but that was more because my brain wasn't really sure how to process <laughs> like that moment um yeah you do love butts <laughs> it's <laughs> i was like oh this movie's one for film. 20 minutes we still got a whole we still got over an hour to go um what was saying so yeah i noticed that and that there was a lot of dialogue that doesn't feel very connected mm. there was a few scenes where i'm just this character speaking and i'm like you don't sound like you're talking to each yeah. other. You all sound like you've got this individual point to make and we're just going working through the room as you say these v- various random lines. Yeah. yeah. Also, apparently, the, the only lesson that you, you know, if you're afraid, all you need is for Dr. Doolittle to say, oh, it's okay to be afraid and then you're fine now. Yeah. You're cured. What, um, what were your thoughts on... Um, I hated this, by the way. This movie. <laughs> um, I went to the bathroom at one point. I, w- I didn't even really need to go. Like, I needed to go. But I was like, I could hold this. But I was just so bored. I was like, I just need to fucking take... I just need to step out for two minutes. And just... I took my time. You know, a lot of time. <laughs> if, if you go to the bathroom during a movie, it's like you rush in. 
do your business quick quick hand thing don't bother using the hand dryer you just kind of pat it on your jeans and then head back in the street because you don't want to miss more than a minute this i just like i just took my time because i was like i'm so fucking bored of this movie and then i came back and there was a dragon but (laughs) we'll get to that um what did you think of donny john robert donny jr's welsh accent holy fuck it's the worst thing genius move ever heard in my life he's he's made a genius career move why do you know why all everybody who's ever afraid of like being stuck it's okay to be afraid yeah it's okay to be afraid being known as like a specific role take for instance his co-star chris evans Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be known as captain america Mm -hmm. what does he do he goes and does a film like knives out now you don't think of him as the the morally good uh, square jawed blue um, boy scout because he's playing a bit of a risque role robert downey jr played that super smart genius character for all those years Mm. now i don't think of him as a genius at all he's an idiot (laughs) he's an absolute idiot he sounds like he's doing it always sounded like he was doing a welsh man trying to do like a very a man with a very thick welsh accent trying to do a jamaican accent <laughs> because there's scenes where he calls people like mun and stuff like that and i'm like what, what are you what are you what are you doing like what are you what welsh person have you ever heard especially a welsh person welsh person in fucking victorian britain like yeah. who have you heard that talks like this that was the bit that stood out to me as well but i get that it's a kid's film but the way the animals talk to each other where they all talk like they're teenage yeah. rappers yeah <laughs> like, yeah they it's it, yeah it's so weird like against the tone I, I don't know why they couldn't have just talked like they were in Victorian yeah times. just like normal fucking... I think it would have made the film feel so much more authentic and the thing is is like with Robert Downey Jr like at least Chris Evans goes and does Knives Out and it feels like so removed from the Captain America staff but when you're watching Doolittle I'm like Robert Downey Jr is doing the exact same thing he does as Iron Man he's got all the same quirks all the same kind of like little nuances if that's the word i'm looking for mm. but he's got a shit welsh accent and looks like a homeless man <laughs> it did maybe question whether robert downey jr is a good actor why would you pick this yeah why out of i'm sure he has fucking hundreds of scripts got thrown his way when iron man was done why did he pick this like is it surely it's not a money thing surely he has enough fucking money by now that he could have done something like creatively interesting why like i want to fucking ask him i desperately want to ever ever get a chance to be like why did you pick this over everything else like what was it about this what were the ideas it also made me think that again back to that idea that maybe there was a first draft out there that was Mm. really really good and that's maybe what Robert Downey... Well, no, as you said, apparently he came in and slammed the script was down. like, I have some ideas. Uh, which doesn't, doesn't sound like it helped. But perhaps when he first got the script, it was like a a fun adventure film mm. about a, a man who talks to animals. And there were it was a, a lot more sort of, yeah, adventurous rather mm. than what we got. Yeah, because, it's we- because the trailer... I've only seen the one trailer, which is the one that's got um, Wonderful World playing yeah. over it. And it makes it seem like it's supposed to be this big, epic, emotional adventure film. And you watch it and it's just it's just a dumb comedy with mm. fart jokes and... Lots of fart jokes. Yeah, and like that's kind of it. And I'm like, wow, you really 
fucking missold this one, didn't you? <laughs> and oh, it's okay because the animals all speak modern. Mm. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta keep the kids interested. Like I just I did not like a single fucking moment of this movie. I found it so unbearably boring, and just fucking completely uninspired, and just like i said i just I, I i went to the bathroom purely out of like i just need to step away for two minutes i need my i just need my brain to fucking remember what it is to not feel numb <laughs> one um, interesting thing though i was so sure they were going to bring the wife back yeah yeah i kind of had it in my head that she yeah she wouldn't be dead that they would yeah. find her on that island or something like that because apparently at the beginning of the the film the wife uh, dr doolittle was he was a he was a man of the world he said hello to everyone on the street but then his wife went away on an adventure and she died and then he stopped saying hello to everybody on the street and then he became a recluse yeah and uh, as soon as that animated thing comes out at the beginning i was very much like are we gonna she gonna just come up on the island like i i did i do remember thinking that um when they were talking about going to this mysterious island especially when they had to go find her journal yeah i was like right well she's gonna be there she's gonna be hanging out there like fucking aquaman's mum in <laughs> aquaman on the dinosaur island um doesn't happen no so at least i guess compliment for not doing the obvious thing yeah i, I mean, mean if you if it was really about him mourning that character which i guess it is if it was if the theme was good then yeah. that would have reinforced the theme. So there's a hypothetical good point yeah. you could have had. Well done, movie. Uh, I, I just found it jarring, like, where... Because I, I knew nothing about who was in this other than Robert Downey Jr. Um, and I just found it so jarring when it was like, Michael Sheen popped up on screen. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> Mike, Michael Sheen's in this? And like, like, in a, like, I like Michael Sheen, and it was just like, ugh, you're in there. And then, like, right in that same scene fucking jim broadbent walked to the room and i was like no jim broadbent what are you doing here? he always <laughs> plays like, so, this he's always, he's a always that the bureaucracy um bureaucracy yeah. bad guy he's, he's he's playing the exact same role as remember around the world in 80 days yeah he plays that exact same yeah exact, i know the and it adventure because... goes on the uh, adventure around the world and he stays at home and being the bad guy the whole time yeah i love like when jim broadbent is in something like another like mike lee's another year where he's fucking, mm, I'm doing the, I'm doing the kissy, the, the chef's kiss. Such, he's fucking stunning in that. Um, and I, he is one of my favorite characters in Harry Potter mm. when he does Professor Slughorn. Um, and it, he's one of the parts where, I feel like that that one, the Half Blood Prince, gets kind of a, you know, it's always kind of low on people's yeah. lists and stuff. It's real high on my one, and a lot of that has to do with him and just the weird fucking character that he plays. I love it. But when he walked in, I was just like, oh. Jim, come on, man! It's like when fucking it's he's like Ben Mendelsohn when Ben Mendelsohn just plays like the fucking corporate CEO of a bad company in every fucking movie that he's in, or like the bad guy where he's like, oh, I'm the sheriff of Nottingham in this one. I'm the fucking bad guy in this Star Wars movie. Although he's real good in that. Oh, I'm the fucking I'm the bad man in Ready Player One. Like I'm just like Ben, fucking you're a good actor, man. Stop just being in garbage and stop just like seemingly taking movies for paychecks <laughs> yeah um but yeah i just found it really bizarre i i did enjoy oh right F- oh, fuck right something i want to touch on right right the relationship between the polar bear and the ostrich okay right do you think they were going it seems like they set up that entire thing as like a gay relationship 
and then they don't commit to it. Did you feel like that at all? I didn't feel like a gay relationship. Because no. I feel like they have this whole thing where he, the it's like, oh, they kind of bicker and stuff. Then the polar bear saves the ostrich. And the ostrich like looks at me. He's like, oh my God, like, thank you. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and then like later on, they're kind of hanging out and stuff and they're, they're chatting. And they're having this like really emotional conversation, like about each other. And then he's like oh i have this like warm feeling inside me and he's like oh that's fr-. and i was like oh my god they're gonna like they're gonna smash <laughs> like, but I, re- I feel like i'm maybe describing it poorly but in the film i really thought that was gonna happen yeah. and he's like oh I, i'm getting this like warm feeling inside and i was like oh this is i mean it's weird it's an ostrich and a polar bear but i'm like this is kind of cool and then he's like oh that's friendship bro and i was like i just it, fe- it genuinely to me felt like they were building to it Ooh. and it'd be fucking weird as shit but i was like fair play if they're gonna go for it and then he's like oh that's friendship and i was like you copped out on me do little but maybe i was reading into it in like a weird way i don't know i didn't get that i bet then I, I i wouldn't have ever guessed that they would like this kind of film this kind of budget they're never gonna like no i mean obviously like not that. but i i don't know maybe i just had a weird reading on that whole scenario but it just felt to me like in that moment i was like they're gonna go for this like they're gonna go for a a gay polar bear ostrich relationship and i'm fucking here for it and then he's like oh that's friendship and i was like well all right you know what did upset me about the polar bear you got friends on bro what upset you about the polar bear the fact he didn't want to be cold Mm. In a in a climate change world where polar bears habitats are literally ah, there was melting. no climate change back then though eh? but I I don't know it just feels weird yeah for, like, for a kid kid to um see like a, a polar bear and the ice caps are melting and then the kid will go no I watched a film where it turns out they want to be warm yeah so it's all good <laughs> weird choice so stop recycling right now mother <laughs> the polar bears need to be warm um oh, the planet's dying um what were your thoughts on uh. There, there, I feel like it, it. I remember here. I remember listening to a podcast where they kind of broke the rumor about the ending. Yeah, where they were like, apparently this film ends with Robert Downey Jr. pulling the pulling bagpipes out of a dragon's arse. And well, I was like, oh, well, ha, ha, ha. Dream, the teamwork. Yeah, dream, uh, teamwork makes the dream yeah. work. Yeah, I was like, oh, ha, ha. Like that. That would be mental. And then, like when the movie came out, just seeing those kind of tweets and stuff that were like no 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 like we can confirm that's how the movie ends <laughs> so if you haven't seen the doc well this is the thing so i i knew there was a dragon in it because of that but when i chose to go to the bathroom it was right as they arrive on the island and i was like fuck this like we're gonna take a break and i came back and they were being attacked by a dragon and i was like whoa we took a fucking 180 fucking turn <laughs> my favorite bit was that i knew that that climax was coming so i'd yeah. say that I'd, I'd seen that tweet uh, the idea that the <laughs> dr doolittle would have to pull stuff out of a dragon's ass uh, and there's a bit where dr doolittle's trying to reason with the dragon when you're like oh i've lost someone too yeah uh, as uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I I know what it feels like to have lost someone." <laughs> I was kind of expecting the dragons just turn around and go, "No, it's not that I've lost someone. <laughs> I've just got so much stuff up my ass. <laughs> so much you would not believe." What if um, what if what if uh, Doctor Doolittle had pulled his wife out of the dragon's ass? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What a twist! Oh no! What a scoop! Hey, feels... hey, hey, love, I would I would kiss you, but you know, it feels so bizarre. Watch fest that 
whole sequence. Yeah, what, wait, I think a lot of that maybe stems from the fact that I went away for like three minutes and came back. I was like, no, there's a dragon, I guess. <laughs> but I think it feels it feels so strange because you already have a movie about a man who talks to animals, but they need to take it that that one step further and be like, also there's dragons in this universe. Well, it's you know weird because I mean? it kind of there's a there's an implication because he has an apprentice who like. Like it kind of learns to talk to animals. Mm. It's like, oh, so it's a skill. But then as soon as he meets a dragon, you're like, well, who the fuck are you practicing yeah, a dragon you know communication dragon? Yeah. on? Um, and also, even though he speaks to animals in their animal language, yeah. but he's also able to address them as a as a chorus. Don't know how that's possible. Mm. Like, how can you speak to more than one at once if you have to speak to them in gorilla language and duck language? Yeah, that's a that's a nitpick. I like. But I was um, thinking about it. I did like at the beginning of the movie where it was just uh, a man who has gone insane and is forcing mice to be chess pieces for him. Um, although I found that whole thing, that whole sequence incredibly bizarre because I couldn't figure out what they were, what he was trying to get the gorilla to do and then the gorilla turns around and shows his arse to the <laughs> mice. Butts are funny. And I didn't understand like what the joke was at all. <laughs> I was like, is this how confusing the movie's going to be? I'm pretty but sure feel Queen like... also takes a king, which Queen's no nothing can yeah. take a king. Jesse Buckley's in this man, yeah, which I didn't realize until right before the credits. Like I, I remember I realized it was her like right before her name came up in the credits. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I went to see you live on stage, performing your your beautiful country music, and it was amazing. You're in one of my favorite movies last year, and like now you're just playing a dead queen. It was an easy paycheck, though. She literally yeah. doesn't get out of the bed. I don't know. That must have been pretty fucking Christy. You kidding me? Must have been pretty sweet. Deal. You just lie there as <laughs> lie there dead as a CGI dog, a racist CGI you dog. Singer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, next to next to racist Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, hello, <laughs> I bloody love Brexit. I can't wait to get all the immigrants out. <laughs> um. That yeah, it was it was just awful. It was an awful film. And I feel like oh, a I lot really of it... hated it, but I also think yeah, it just wasn't. I think we because we both love a fucking we love a flop. You know, yeah. we lo- we love something that's kind of going to be like bad. Sometimes watching in the, them in the cinema, I find quite tedious. But we do like a bad movie. Oh, it's great. Or a to movie see that misfires, cr- and I feel like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, wow, this is just nothing. Like they've they've managed fair play to them if it was a shambolic, if the production was a shambolic as it sounds. Fair play to them for pulling this together, but this is nothing. Yeah, and it deserves to make as little money it feel, as it has. It, even watching it without knowing anything about the history, it just feels butchered. It feels torn apart. Yeah, grafted in, and it feels like there's a lot of late nights in the editing suite going. Yeah. does this does this look good? Will yeah. that will anybody notice that nobody like this bit of filming? Nobody was there that day. Mm. And like I kind of agree with you, like fair play to Jesse Buckley, like she got her fucking money. <laughs> she got to lie in bed for a few days, I presumably. You see Jim Broadbent outside that room either, so he probably yeah. was there for a day. So fair play to them. Um, should we move on to Sonic? Let's move on to Sonic as fast as we can, please. So good, because he's fast. There's a lot of jokes like that in this in this movie, Certainly like uh, where he says you'll be the the only fun guy on the planet when he's talking about the, the the fucking mushroom planet and i was like good it's a good movie screenwriter um, earned their salary that they day. i like this is one of those films like i really i enjoyed it like i enjoyed watching it and it was fun and a good time but it's still it's kind of nothing you know I, what I, mean? I think like 
Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean because I, I, I really enjoyed watching it and I very much felt like, I felt that the best way to describe it is it's a kid's film. Oh, yeah. You're, you're watching it and you're like, this is fun. It's not offensive. Uh, I'm enjoying it. There's, there is some actual jokes that I'm actually laughing at. The, uh, right. The fucking Jim Carrey coffee line slayed <laughs> so me. I was, la- I was still chuckling away at myself like two minutes afterwards because it moves on. That, it's that joke where... <clears throat> was it the guy brings him the latte and he's like oh would you like a a latte a latte with, with like soy goat's milk or something he's like of course i would i love the way you make them and i it fucking floored me and like the next scene starts immediately after that line and still for like two minutes i was still just like when the girl's giving him the shoes that's when she's giving sonic his new shoes and i was still giggling because it just fucking caught me so off guard i thought it was hilarious i 100 percent katie is gonna fucking hate me whenever she asks if I want a cup of coffee from now on because I'm just gonna be like of course I would I love the way you make it <laughs> I think he says imbecile as well which really adds to yeah it. I think of course so you imbecile. <laughs> love the I way you make it whole <laughs> film was worth it for that joke because I'm like that, I'm gonna use that in everyday <laughs> life <laughs> so it was worth it uh, um, I, I yeah I enjoyed it it's um, it's nothing the thing is it's nothing groundbreaking this yeah. film um, but I think like I'd love Ben Swartz even just his voice being yeah, there. Like, yeah. he brings a lot of life to what could be just a generic mm. character. Um, he still feels like Sonic, but he's given it that Ben Swartz, like, mm-hmm. spin. And it, it gives it gives him a lot of energy. And, you like, he never... Sonic never, to me, becomes a tedious character. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what kind of separates it from, like, Doolittle. Was that... Doolittle, there's nothing kind of like exciting in my opinion to like latch on to in any way whereas i feel like with sonic because you have ben schwartz as sonic who's crazy energetic and you've got jim carrey as dr eggman who's crazy energetic no matter who the scene is focused on you've got high energy and everyone's you know there's quips and everyone's kind of staying fun and energetic and exciting and I think it makes it made for a much more enjoyable watch coming off of Doolittle. Like I'm glad we did it in that order. Yeah. I think if we'd saw Doolittle second, I would have came out a lot more like pissed off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's considering the troubled production of Sonic of having to recreate the model. Yeah, which, like, like you said again, what you said earlier, it's I can't imagine why they why this wasn't the original design in the first place. It doesn't make any sense as to why you would change that design. Do you think, because like, I essentially, I reckon the film was pretty, pretty much been the same if they kept that model. Do you reckon you yeah. would have still, by the end of this film, been on board? Or do you reckon that design would have creeped you out for the whole film and taken you out of it? I think I would have spent a lot more time thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I think I, like, while I was watching the film, I feel like any time he was on screen, I would have been thinking about how weird it looked. Whereas because it just looked the way that Sonic is meant to look... You just get used to it. Yeah, I just got used to it. And every every now and again, especially when a moment from the trailer, the main one is when he does, when uh, James Marston turns the torch on him and he goes, oh, meow. And that was kind of the big bit that they put in both trailers. So you could kind of make the comparison. Yeah. When moments like that came up or when the, all the rockets stop in a circle around him. I thought about it a lot in those scenes because I was remembering what it used to look like. Because of that rocket one, because Sonic kind of changes height as well. I do think he it looks a little bit he looks a little off center. Do you in think that so? Moment. I think so, it's, so. Again, and that again could just be them. me. It could just be me overthinking about it, and the scene is so quick 
that I could have just been like, oh, that looks a bit weird. But by that point, it's moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Because you imagine that with that shot, because Sonic's a different shape, not just a different design, he's a different shape, they'd have had to like CGI in more rockets and stuff to surround him or change the position of rockets. (sighs) There must have been some serious overtime in this film. Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, it follows the same kind of basic premise of a lot of these, you know, a fun animated character comes to Earth or whatever and someone's got to deal with them and they're driving around and they're going for a beer and they're in disguise and but it's yeah it's just like like I said it's just enjoyable I wonder how much of that was just coming out of Doolittle and going into this and being like well, this is fun this is more what I was more what I'm in the mood for yeah um, it was I was surprised by how good Sonic was and uh... yeah because again it's 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 put together very well yeah <laughs> you know what I mean even like early on when Sonic's like lonely you kind of you get you get uh, you feel, you feel, you feel for the little guy. For him. A little blue bastard. He's playing by, baseball by himself, and in the trailer, it's just like, oh, look how crazy I am. But in the actual film, you're like, oh, it's because he's sad he doesn't have anyone to play baseball yeah, with. Yeah, because scenes like that in the beginning where he is messing around like with him just by himself, I did think like that ba- that baseball scene I thought was really well edited together. Yeah. Where you do... It does feel like you're just watching a bunch of different people, and then at the end you're reminded, oh, it's just... It's just our one boy. How weird is it though that <laughs> they just they just now do the quicksilver thing? Like, yeah, it's just the that's just the whole. Sequence. I did think that when it first happened, I was like, oh, Even they're the music. Come, they're like, yeah, music comes they're on. going for the quicksilver scene, and I was like, well, that <laughs> makes sense because this could be seen as like a parody, but also it's Sonic and he goes fast, and this makes sense. But then they just do that like every time for the rest of the movie. Um, I really liked Jim Carrey as Eggman I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that I just enjoy watching Jim Carrey do what he does it's strange for him to have gone back to that though yeah yeah it feels like he's he's come a long way from doing that kind of thing hmm. I, and I, to just resort back yeah to that kind of just oh I'm just the quirky guy in a kids movie like, it's like very yeah um, so it does feel strange to see him do that again mm-hmm. I thought that maybe he was going to be going in different directions for his mm. career and i hope he does still do more interesting films and like this is just like a paycheck film which would be fair enough but well he's gone a bit mental hasn't he yeah but then remember at the end uh did you watch that documentary yeah Jim remember at the end when he's like oh what would happen if i just started playing jesus and you're like Whoa. maybe that's Whoa. what eggman is maybe maybe that's what that's what the fucking the heavens said to him that's the wisdom they imparted onto him was like if you want to play jesus Sonic the Hedgehog movie, Eggman. Brilliant. It really bummed me out when you get to the end of Sonic and you see Eggman the way Eggman's supposed to look. It really bummed me out because I was like, I wish he'd look like that for the whole movie. Yeah, because he looks authentic like yeah. the games in it. Yeah. He's got the bald head and he's tall and lanky. The ridiculous mustache. The ridiculously insane mustache, which I guess would you know be insane in the real world. But I was like, I wish, I wish this is how he'd looked for the whole film because yeah. this is much more kind of like I think it would have worked I mean I still thought his character worked really well but I just think it would have been funnier if he had that more authentic look Hmm. I think it would have worked better with that crazy personality but saying that I did really he was probably my favourite part of the film but that's just because I enjoy watching him do his thing you do remember you're like this is why Jim Carrey made so much money back in the day yeah it's like one of the highest paid actors at one point being a lunatic yeah he's just so energetic and it's just so it's so engaging to watch him be 
that Jim Carrey personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't feel like I have much to say about it, to be honest. No. It's just a movie. Yeah, Sonic. It's just a very well put together kids movie. But like, well, and that's it's more like it's a competently put together yeah. Sonic movie. And I'm glad that they, I'm glad they managed to fucking change the design. Like I said, I'm sure some animators had to be worked to death at the last minute to make that a reality. But it's good that they managed to change it. Hmm. It's good that they didn't just fucking double down and be like, nope, that's what you're getting. But I think they would have. That would have really fucked them. I really don't think this film, no, I would have like so. made money. I think there's a lot of people out there like me and you who are just curious as to how it's turned out now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do still find it weird the whole thing of they just take Sonic and it's like we'll just make we'll just put him in this and he just comes to our world and it's fine don't even worry about it like do you almost i almost wonder like do you think like a full like just a fully animated sonic film set in the sonic world is something that people like people would have seen or that would have been interesting or i think fully animated i think kids would have seen it i don't think it would have had the that like 3d kind of like the way he looks Hmm. if you had just done that design but kept it set also like sonic photorealistic yeah world like the way it looks when they show the flashback to when he's a kid. If the whole movie had been like that, I don't, I don't think so. I, no. I genuinely think there's a, a market of people that are nostalgic for Sonic, but not like nostalgic enough to remember all of the mm. world and stuff and like that. Laura, I think this is the but better what, middle yeah. ground. I mean, I keep saying like, what is the world of Sonic? But then I know there's a whole there's a whole world of Sonic games mm. that I've never. All I kind of really know of Sonic is just the old school side scroller, yeah, fast paced. But I said to you like when. Because at the beginning, there's the Sega logo that comes up. And the Sega logo is made up of lots of low frames with clips from all their games. And they start showing a bunch of like the 3D Sonic games. And I was like, they know that that's nothing to be proud of, right? Because every <laughs> 3D Sonic game has been atrocious. Yeah, Sonic's not had a good history of games recently. Yeah. But that was kind of what I was getting. Is like, is like all I think of with Sonic is like, oh yeah, he just runs fast around the loop de loop. And yeah. but I, there is, I guess, a whole world of lore out there, most likely that you could dig into. I reckon for the first film, I think it makes more sense because I don't think, yeah, as I say, I don't think people are that engaged with Sonic. No. With Mario, you could get away with putting it in the Mushroom Kingdom because people have an idea. <laughs> of what the Mushroom they they did Mario. Is. They did it perfectly. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But if they were to do in another film, <laughs> they would take another the guy who, that guys <clears throat> who did Minions, if they were to do that for some strange reason, um, then putting it in the Mushroom Kingdom, I think, would make sense because people kind of have a vague idea of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. As where Sonic, I think it's a bit more ambiguous. Some of it they could do in sequels. Do you think it's going to get a sequel? I can't imagine it not making a lot of money. Because mm. I think. Because it doesn't feel expensive, does it? No. Because most of the movie is just set on an empty highway. Yeah. Um, and it's also Sonic. Like, mm. even though it's weird that Sonic doesn't have much, many sort of big games recently that make him popular, he's kind of got that Mario status of, like, kids recognise Sonic. He's a household name, yeah. With barely even, like, um, playing any games, they, they know yeah. who Sonic is. So, yeah, I... I can't imagine. I don't know. I've not looked at the box office. I, I'd be shocked if this wasn't making lots of money. Yeah. I think the brand recognition alone, especially because it is, I, I've 
because it's against Doctor Doolittle, Sonic is just going to surely beat oh, the hell out of it. Yeah. Not just because it's a better film, but because it's just so much more record. Kids are going to be excited to go see the Sonic film. Yeah. They're going to go excited to go see the Doctor fucking the Victorian Doctor Doolittle film. <sighs> that bad Welsh accent. Oh, I had to sit through a whole hour and 40 minutes of that fucking accent. It was a nightmare. Um, yeah, what did you what did you think about... Uh, there's a whole sequence where they go to a bar. And James Marsden is drinking beer. This is Sonic, yes. Yeah. And then he, then he gets into his car and drives away. Oh! What's your thoughts on that? Since we're picking this movie up. <laughs> but then there's also that scene where <clears throat> Sonic does a lot of cocaine. I don't really... I feel like that yeah, wasn't good either. Yeah, the whole mushroom scene. Do you think that was like a little dig at Mario? Like... Oh, well, like the Mushroom wanna, Kingdom? I like, don't want to uh, go where there's mushrooms everywhere. I never thought about it until now. Now I'm thinking it's definitely a dig. Shots fired. <laughs> How are they going to retort? <laughs> oh, I don't want to go to a place where hedgehogs are there. Yeah. Fuck rings, hedgehogs. Rings. Rings are awful. Um, Yeah. We have chosen two very mediocre films to discuss. One much more mediocre than the other. The weird thing is, though, we had a lot more to say about Doctor Doolittle. I feel like we had a lot more just random shit to say up top. Just random nonsense <laughs> about those two films. I don't feel like there's been a lot of structure to this episode. Um, I think a lot of that does just stem from I came out of both of them and I was like, we got to talk about these properly. Like properly get into it. I'm like, I don't have much to fucking say. It's like it's a fucking this fucking son at the hedgehog. Like, what do you want to fucking talk about? It's a blue hedgehog. It's a blue hedgehog. Yeah. I wish they had gotten more into uh in Sonic the Hedgehog. I wish they had gotten more into um the relationship between Sonic and the guy the one guy in town who like thinks Sonic is real. Oh uh, you know that guy like Crazy Joe or whatever they call him? Yeah, he's yeah. the guy who's like no, I've seen him, like, the blue devil, he runs around and everyone's just like, oh yeah, Joe, like, whatever. <laughs> but Sonic is out there fucking with this guy. And I was like, I like this. Like, I want, I want, like, a sequence about this. Like, a whole, I wanted more than just, like, you gotta just get this little 15 second, like, oh, and then there's this guy, he's seen me, and sometimes I mess with him. And I was like, no, I want, like, a whole <laughs> thing of that. Because that seems really funny. Because um, just the other day, me and me and a guy at work were talking about like how insane it is that there's a show out there like called Finding like that Finding Bigfoot show yeah and it's ran for 10 seasons or whatever and it's all <laughs> about Finding Bigfoot a creature which does not exist <laughs> which 100% does not exist yes and yet we have 10 seasons of these motherfuckers wandering around the woods making like what they claim are sasquatch calls and things like that where they're like raw, 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 raw. And it's like oh that's the sound a sasquatch makes like oh yeah man this area there's been a lot of squatching going on like you could tell like look at look at the way this tree's bent over and stuff and i'm just like it does sound like you're fuck you're describing like about? most haunted anyway oh yeah and i think it's all like oh yeah well most haunted is fucking that was garbage. It's like the same but idea I, just one set in a jungle it's like i love these like people like these finding bigfoot shows where every episode they've got like f- fucking eight or nine people who all show up being like like all these hillbillies who are like well i saw bigfoot I-, I went out of my back garden and he scurried off into the woods just there and it's like you're telling me that you've got like nine or ten people per episode 
coming to you being like here's my story about the time i saw bigfoot and not fucking one of them has thought to just pull out their phone and just start videoing it do you want to know why they've never done that because the stories are lies <laughs> and because there's no such thing as a bigfoot because if there was such thing as a bigfoot we'd have found it by now 100 percent, we would have found it by now and i'm pretty sure the original video with bigfoot that like patterson tape pretty sure that was proven to be fake anyway so like it's all built on lies so we know what we're clear about what you think about bigfoot there was a guy there's a guy i know who's really into conspiracy theories and today he was trying to tell me that america has a device that controls the weather and i didn't know how to respond <laughs> i liked the, my favorite conspiracy was the one I, I think i think it was proven that the guy was like, joking but he was trying to like make a marketing by being serious of uh, all the birds in america replaced by drones that looked like birds that were actually cameras to spy on people brilliant so like elaborate just put cameras <laughs> that's what britain's done there's fucking cameras everywhere <laughs> no one bats an eye um but yeah fucking that, now that's my thoughts on finding bigfoot i don't have anything else to say danny wrap this up i'm spare you wrap it up all you want my baby boy you could get in contact us with facebook or twitter at second opinion that's second with a two we never post (laughs) (laughs) which is why this podcast gets no no traction (laughs) we're we're doing it for you loyal listeners we're doing it for you scott who edits facebook friends uh yeah me who listens back to it Anyway, most loyal listener. He's heard every episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this fucking conversation about two nothing movies. I can't wait till next time where we maybe talk about something worthwhile. <laughs> but we got to spend a fun day doing, in the cinema. We, I feel like this is we had every episode recently by going next week. We're doing films of the decade. We are going to do films of the decade. It's just it's gonna it's gonna take re like we need to research. Yeah, I've started research. Yeah, I've done a bit. You hear that? Can you hear that, listeners? That's such an elongated honk. There's no need for a honk that honk that long. I don't know. In Glasgow, I think there is. The other day, I was walking down the street, and this guy, it's just this neddy guy, was stood in the middle of the road, arguing with his girlfriend who was stood on the pavement. And he was just so busy arguing that there was a car that just had to drive right up to it and stop on really? this like, main road. Fuck. And he was just stood arguing with his girlfriend, and he didn't acknowledge the car even remotely he's just stood in the middle of the road so yeah in glasgow there is a few times where you might need an elongated just an elongated horn honk i wonder how many i wonder how far away he was you know if you count the seconds between honks you can tell if the if it's getting closer or further away thunder joke (laughs) anyway good old-fashioned thunder joke let's stop recording (laughs) Bye. bye